On the three-year anniversary of Liam Miller's death, we'd like to dedicate this episode of The Green Machine to Liam and his family. Welcome back to another episode of The Green Machine Podcast, your Irish football news, blunt and honest Irish football discussion and nostalgic throwbacks in the good times and the bad times. So I'm Nick and I'm joined today by Breen and by David. And also delighted to be joined by Ross McGuire of LOI TV. So LOI TV is a fantastic YouTube channel covering everything from League of Ireland to the Republic of Ireland national team. And we do urge you to subscribe to LOI TV on YouTube. They're on Facebook, they're on Instagram, they're on Twitter, they're on absolutely everything. A really, really good page. If you're into League of Ireland, give them a look. I mean, they're fantastic. And even if you're not into League of Ireland and you're trying to learn more about League of Ireland or get more into League of Ireland, give LOI TV uh, subscribe there on YouTube. They're a fantastic channel and uh, we're delighted to see how well they're doing. Now, an unfortunate reason why we have Ross on the show today is to discuss a really, really frustrating uh, 24 hours for the League of Ireland. So, unfortunately, it's another little hiccup and it was reported by the Independent last night that League of Ireland clubs were informed by the FAI that Watch LOI, the partnership with RTE, in collaboration with GA Go was not a commercial success and will not be rolled out for a full season this term. So what we know already is that there were 11,000 subscriptions, but only 4,700 of them were for the full season, with the rest of them being casual subscriptions or casual buys for uh, for one-off matches. So the FAI did project that there would be 20,000 uh, subscriptions from that service, but it was 9,000 short of that. So. What do we know about this mess already, Ross, in what's been another unfortunate turn of events for the League of Ireland? Uh, yeah, so it's a disappointing one, uh, 11,000, considering I thought it was a fairly reasonable price, 55 euro uh, from, for Irish consumers uh, for a full season pass, which is fairly reasonable, uh, 69 euro overseas as well. So it's disappointing from that point of view. would have liked to have seen it maybe closer to the 20,000 mark. Um, but it, I think you have to take into account that um, that doesn't take in the season ticket holders, I don't believe. Um, no, it so, doesn't. No, no. So um, that obviously adds a couple, couple of. I think it's like, what would that be? I'll take it over the twenty thousand mark. I'd say so. Yeah, it's it's yeah. hard to um, it's hard to know, isn't it? Really. Um, uh, yeah. So Gary Owens, the FAI interim CEO, was uh, said the figures were disappointingly low, but he did kind of say that they were in line with the uh, projections that he had in place. So I don't know. It's a weird one. I thought they would have maybe made an announcement uh, sooner um, than than this. Like um, in terms of what terms of what they're doing ahead of the season and what what kind of mindset does this leave us in kind of going into the league because even though you know it's 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 difficult times it's a it's a pandemic and they had to get creative about how they were going to show the games and i suppose the success with GAA goal is probably the benchmark that they were looking for because if you look at people abroad you look at people in australia the states wherever it is they are using GAA goal and that's generating a huge amount of money well, what kind of mood does that leave League of Ireland fans and possibly people who are looking at, at it from the outside, from a League of Ireland perspective? What kind of mood does that does that leave it's, people in as we approach the start of the season? It's just more uncertainty, uh, to be honest with you. Um, this is, that's been the kind of uh, the mindset of all League of Ireland fans for a while now. And even if you look at the first division fixtures that came out recently, um, one of the teams isn't even like decided yet. Like it's such a mess. Everything yeah. is such a mess. Um, and then from the from the point of view of this as well, um, LOI, watch LOI isn't completely gone out of the question just yet. Uh, RT are understood to have indicated they are willing to cover. Um, I think it's around a third of the games. Uh, it's like 50 or 60 matches yeah, the game, on the yeah. platform. Yeah. 
so that's and then that's going to be additional to what i think it's 10 10 10 15 that are going to be shown on tv as well so it's just yeah it's just uncertainty as i said and um yeah the, i think yeah it's air sport as well they're getting involved i think they have a deal to cover a few games they had a, few, they had a deal even in 2020 to cover some games so um yeah it's just it's just a bit of uncertainty as i said um it's the streaming service is unattractive apparently for TV stations that are reliant on subscribers. So I suppose it is a shame that it didn't really um, maybe do as well as they would have thought. Yeah, and I suppose part of part of the reason why the subscriptions maybe weren't as high and part of the reason subscriptions were at that bigger, what, what was it, you know, just over 6,000? Yeah. I think weren't RTE, weren't air showing some of the big matches. And then the, the other thing that people can't get away from, I mean, the fact that Sean McRovers kind of ran away with the league like surely that's going to put people off, you know, subscribing for the whole season as well, or maybe open their subscription. So, you know, it was a couple of couple of series of, of unfortunate events with that, you know. For sure. What's your take? Sure. What's your take on bringing as someone involved in a League of Ireland club? I think one of the, the the interesting points that needs to be made around it is that this was something really really innovative in Irish football for the first time in a long time. You know, yeah. a streaming service for games that you could actually show the games whether we were in a pan- pandemic or not it was such a like when they announced it i was like wow no, there, was a, the, there, was, there was talk about yeah, it before there was talk about it before the pandemic they, wasn't there was another queen kind of banding it around a bit they were talking about tv deals with you know foreign um tv companies and because you know there is foreign tv companies like uh the zone which is going to break into the uk and irish market in the next few years um that you know need content you know um you look at say no, I remember when Netflix came out in Ireland, they didn't have that much content on it. And there was just a lot of kind of stuff they clearly bought in a deal from studios to show a lot of, to, to kind of pad the, the content they had. So they, you know, had a lot of Bollywood films on there that probably wouldn't be massively watched in Ireland, but they needed to make it look like we had thousands and thousands of, of, uh, of, of hours of content. And I suppose that's, that's a good selling stone um, to, to outside TV companies, but that's that's besides the point, I suppose, for, for now. But th- it was a really innovative thing that they came up with, and I bought the season pass. It was great watching, you know, random games at random times. Yeah. But I think one of the interesting bits um, is that that there needs to be taken into account here that I feel like maybe isn't, and people who maybe are kind of doomsayers about the league um, are saw this and went, oh, well, you know, um, well, we tried, but you just didn't want it, so goodbye. But we're in, as Nick said, we're in a pandemic, and the only real entertainment that people have is subscription services. And this was going head-to-head with, you know, the likes of Netflix, Disney+, Plus, uh, Amazon Prime in kind of general entertainment, then in sports, you've got, you know, your usual Sky Sports and BT Sports, um, you have your Virgin Media stuff because the rugby was coming back, the GAA goes, we've mentioned, like it's a massively crowded market. So yes, they said they wanted 20,000, but you have to, I think you have to take into account all of the factors that, that go around it. This is a brand new service. There is going to be teething problems. There, there was a couple of teething problems, a couple yeah, of yeah. shite. But <laughs> generally, for a first time thing, it actually ran quite smoothly. And, you know, as I, you know, I made a comparison to, to Netflix there a minute ago. Netflix didn't start, and then no one really took up the service at first. And they went, "Oh well, you know, we tried." You know, they stuck yeah. at it. Yes, I appreciate that maybe for RTE, 
money wise, it's it's not really something that they they see the value in. But someone has to. Someone has to go. Oh, you know, and and I think there is options. There were so many options, and I I kind of actually tweeted Dan McDonald during the summer, and I kind of said, is there like a highlight show that's better than Soccer Republic they could put on this? You know, it, yeah. there was so much opportunity for it because there's not many leagues in the world that have if in in football that have their own um streaming service there just isn't you know that you can get the the pass for american sports but like the premier league don't have one you know and i'm sure people if there was one available for the premier league they'd buy it because it's a great um tool to have but to i think to dump it at this stage is and maybe not dump it the way they're they're not going to dump it entirely but to kind of almost put it out of its misery now is very disappointing. And what a lot of people will see to the plane will be that 11,000 mark. But would you have any idea, Brian, off the top of your head, like season ticket holders nationwide? It's difficult to say. Like, I wouldn't. Uh, gen- genuinely, I wouldn't. Um, and it, it, like, it is hard to tell because, as you know, obviously, Bows are quite transparent on, on their season tickets yeah. um, situation, and, and some clubs are, and some clubs aren't. And that's, you know, that's just the way things are um, in Irish football. Um, but yeah, like this is this is one of the, the the biggest innovations Irish football has had in a long time, and they're just going to dump it because are are not dump it, but put it on, uh, out to pasture because it didn't do. Well, I don't understand what the expectations were. I don't say twenty thousand, but I feel like that's quite speculative. I I, I actually think uh, looking back um, in July. When the head of RT Sport, uh, what's his name, Declan McBennett, uh, I think RT saw this as a very short-term thing. They didn't see any sort of long-term investment in it. And you know, Breen's right. This is very innovative. This is this is completely new. And it seemed like the right thing at the wrong time. Where it's like we're at the, they've kind of gone straight to the top of the mountain as opposed to starting from the bottom and building it up. And RT haven't really done much for the League of Ireland over the last few years. It's been a major criticism. And I think this is more like a bit of a, a throwing down at the gauntlet by RT almost. Like, all right, you want your league coverage? There you go. Have it. You know, buy it and we'll, and we'll see. And then finally, if, if it works out for them, fantastic. And if not, it's like, well, you know, we don't have to... We, we showed you there's no market value in it for us. And I think that's an issue with RT. They see it as a product as opposed to a project that they can build and develop. And something that could be really exciting, but works out. Could you imagine having a, a fully functioning, um, fledgling league in Ireland? It'd be fantastic. You'd have families going to it. You'd have clubs with academies. Yeah. You you wouldn't be relying on cast-offs from England or trying to trap youngsters who, who might actually go to England instead of... You could actually have a full fully functioning system in Ireland, which... I don't know why it hasn't happened. The talent's there. I know people say you're up against rugby, you're up against GAA and all this kind of stuff. The talent is there in the country to have a fully functioning, exciting league that could actually be competitive somewhat in Europe. And just nobody seems to want to take the step and go, right, let's start from the, from scratch and let's build this thing together. It was just it just seemed to be too much too soon. You know, and I think that the issue with League of Ireland football as well, I mean, when I was still living in Ireland, I used to go to pass matches all the time. And the f- the crack was great in the Camac stand. It was brilliant. You know, I loved all that. And uh, I know Daniel McDonald touched on it when he said that um, one of the biggest attributes of League of Ireland was his, was his fans. And that's not there, obviously, because of the COVID 
and you're kind of left with the product that the, the football itself is the product. And maybe for some people, that's just not attractive. But I don't think Ortiz helped. And I just just some of the comments that uh, Dave, Dave Declan McBennett made back in July saying that there's no excuses. And this is not a low scale operation. Um, you know, like he's obviously Orti had a massive investment in it, but he just what was it he said? He said, there's no excuses here. If this takes off great for everybody. If it doesn't and the numbers are not significant, then there's lessons there for everybody as well. I think a lot of people saw that as just like, oh, well, you know, Orti are just saying, well, there you are. And I think that was a major, major issue. I think this should be a slow burner. I think it's a great start off point. And I agree with Breen again it, to, to get rid of it. You know, after its first season or to dismantle a major part of it would be uh, a huge mistake. I think it's something that they need to invest in. It was something that I don't think they marketed it very well. I don't know what the marketing was like in Ireland. Uh, for what I could see online, it wasn't great. We tried poor, ourselves. Poor, yeah. Yeah, and, and it yeah, always is. Poor. It always is. You know, they'll, they'll show clips of Mo Salah scoring, but they won't show like somebody from League of Ireland on RTE. And it's always been that way. There's always been that snobbery um, from RTE towards football in general. I, I dare not say the S word, um, but towards football in general in Ireland has always been a snobbery. And, you know, obviously the Premier League is a, is a global league now. It's not the English Premier League, it's the World League. And they see massive potential. So now they've warmed to that over the last few years. And the League of Ireland is just constantly left out in the cold. And it's it's really depressing because we need to do something about it. We need to get it off the ground and get it moving in a direction. And it just seems to be not going anywhere, and it hasn't for years. And I just don't know what they're going to do about it. Some, some good, good points there. You know, the fans have been, and Ross, I've, I've said this in the, the last episode I was on, was that there is this kind of, uh, how do I say it? Um, there is this idea, and you go to a wider scope of, of League of Ireland games than me. Um, there is this idea within League of Ireland fans, and particularly some diehard fans, that that they like that the league isn't particularly supported well because it's a chip on their shoulder that they get to go around and say, oh, I go to Shell's games or and you don't and I go to Pat's games or I go to Finn Harp's games up in Donegal and you don't. Like, is that something that you picked up on at games? Because as much as we're saying, oh, you know, it is great, we want to grow the league because that's who we are. We want to see football do well in this country. Is that something that you picked up on that people are just like, no, this is my thing and I don't want to share it? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, you see it a lot with a lot of fans around the country that it's kind of like part of their personality nearly that they're a League of Ireland fan. It's kind of makes them unique. Um, yeah. And yeah, like I guess, I guess, yeah. Uh, I think Bowes maybe are the first club to try and become more maybe mainstream and get a more kind of casual fans to kind of go. Um, you see that last season or two that they have, like we interviewed Bowes fans after games and some of them wearing Liverpool jerseys and stuff like that. So it's a bit, a bit of a shame to see that. But I suppose if they're getting them into the ground, that's all you're really concerned with. Um, so yeah, I suppose yeah, it is. It is. Um, it is one of those things where fans do kind of embrace the whole um, greatest league in the world, and that they're kind of yeah, they're kind of, yeah, they're kind of um, different to, to different to the Premier League fans and stuff as well. So they do they do like that aspect of it. But in terms of the sustainability of the league, we need we need to grow the fan bases. I think. I, I think as well. Absolutely. Sorry. No, so I was just going to say. Um, I think that's an that's a massive issue with the League of Ireland. It doesn't seem to be. No one seems to be pulling in the same direction. There seems to be this sort of fragmented um, attitude with it where you've got, and I think just football in general in Ireland, where you've got the Premier League 
snobs, shall we say, who won't support the League of Ireland to say it's shit, whatever. And then you'll have the League of Ireland fans to say, well, no, you're a Westbrook, like, you know, you, you jog on with your with your Sky Sports and all that. And there's a very sort of this is mine kind of culture. Well, the bottom line is we, we need both. We need the League yeah. of Ireland diehards and we need the Premier League guys who go over and spend 200 million, I think, per year pre-lockdown on English football, travel, merchandise, this sort of stuff, subscriptions. You know, we need a bit of that going into the League of Ireland. I think people just have to sort of put their uh, their battens down a little bit and kind of embrace each other a little bit, you know. It just seems too conflicting. Yeah, you touched on it about the academies and stuff and how, you know, we. Well, I think I mentioned this before, was that Irish football is going to be asked now to stand on its own two feet because of the Brexit regulations and players not being able to go over before they're 18. And there is a massive opportunity. And I know the National League is kind of starting to to see results of better footballers playing at underage level and more Irish players playing for, for national teams, uh, more Irish players based in clubs in Ireland playing for national teams. But one of the, like one of the massive issues is as well as as good as, you know, say, oh, Air TV, Air, TV, Air, Air Sport are better um, advocates of the game than RT. They, they are. They, they put more into it, but that's because they're a dedicated sports channel. And this is something. But it's also a sports channel that isn't particularly widely available in Ireland. Like, not that many people have air sport. Um, yeah. I'm a Virgin Media customer here, and they had the deal before lockdown with air sport. And, you know, they were showing the Virgin Media channels on air TV, and air were showing the, you know, vice versa. And then they stopped doing the deal. And then Leinster were playing Munster the day before the Dublin Derby between Bows and Shells, or Bows and Rovers there in September. And people were saying, well, how am I not going to see the game? So Air said, right, well, we're going to stream the game on Facebook so anyone can watch it. And you go, oh, that's brilliant. What about Bows Rovers tomorrow? Which at the time, bar the cup final, was the biggest game in Ireland this year. Yeah. And Dundalk's Europa League run, but it was the biggest league game this year. And it was just, you couldn't get to it. And then you couldn't watch it on Watch the League of Ireland because it, Airsport had the right. So I had to get a VPN to go into my own account to say that I was in America and then spend an extra <laughs> five to watch the game. Like it's ridiculous. beggar's belief sometimes. It is absolutely ridiculous. So maybe like as, as, as much as we're kind of lamenting that, we're lamenting that, that the, the downfall, I suppose, of, of Watch the League of Ireland, maybe handing this back to the clubs and saying, right, well, you can stream the games that aren't going to be on TV, which is the vast majority of them. Because the thing is, games generally on a Friday, I'm not able always able to make it up to the Brandywell or go to Cork. You know, and, and if I move away to the UK, I want to be able to watch these games. And this was the perfect streaming platform for it. And they're just going to undersell it. And we'll probably get... I, I don't even... I, I can't even begin to say all this talk this week. I have no idea what what the LOI is going to look like. I just think it'll be a shell of what it was and just be completely not worth the money then. And does this come back to the whole, you know, quintessential issue that given the initiative, the clubs aren't given the power, that everything is centralised and they're relying on this one entity to produce for them? Because the whole idea, and I think it was Dan, Dan McDonald said, that the whole appeal of the League of Ireland is actually getting into the into the grounds. Because, I mean, all of us... All of us have been to League of Ireland matches. All of us have consistently been to League of Ireland matches at some stage in our life. 
and one of the big selling points or one of the big marketing points is the atmosphere that you experience in the ground because you're 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 not watching you know you're not watching superstar players like there, there's no doubt about that but it's the whole cultural kind of aspect to it it's it's very unique compared to say Premier is this part of the issue that that maybe the clubs haven't been given the initial I think Ross is the right man for that yeah well yeah it's hard to know yeah I suppose yeah the big the big thing for the other way is um is is the fans that's like a huge attraction as you say so yeah it is it is one of those things where yeah I don't know it's hard it's hard to know exactly it's hard to put your finger on what exactly um the exact issue is here but yeah, I think I think you're right in saying that that the LOI's fans like that is a huge factor for and the games aren't sometimes the games aren't as lively. Like I think I watched a good few Shells games being a Shells fan and I feel like they probably would have stayed up last season if it was for the fans. Like I think there were so many times where the players are so pedestrian. I mean, it affects all, every team, it's not just them, of course. But I feel like um, at the start of the season when I watched them, I didn't watch them against Dundalk and they I think they lost two one, but the performance levels were really really high and it was a good performance. Whereas there were so many games last season with no fans there's no energy it was it was like it was just a tough watch nearly to be honest with you i might i want to switch it off for the 60 70 minute in some of the games because it's just tough to watch it because sometimes the energy is just zapped out of the match and um, so that does affect kind of the casual fan i suppose the casual fan wouldn't really want to watch a kind of drab enough game whereas the casual fan would be enticed to go for a few points after work on a friday yeah. evening and go to a game and bows as well have really epitomized all of that idea really really well as you said they really have pushed it and said you know, come down, have, you know, a craft beer, have a, something local. And it may sound ridiculous, but, and, and it, it can be ridiculed by, you know, Shells fans as, you know, a community and all that. But yeah. like, <laughs> we, that, that is something that, that's inherently worked. And the no, funny thing is that we're having this conversation and I don't think I've, you know, every one of us has done an exasperated sigh when talking here because, all of it's just so hard to know what the actual answer is. This feels like we've tried everything and we've tried nothing. Mm. That's true. And nothing's working and everything's working. So it, there's just no. So you, it, you want someone to come in and say, right, I found a path. We need to go from A to B to C to D and so on. Yeah. And then maybe Watch League of Ireland was the first in this, and you get kind of like yeah. weird cult followings in China from people watching shells against Bray Wanderers you know <laughs> at, at six in the morning in Beijing I, I think for, maybe I mean, that's the way forward from from what I've read uh, about the League of Ireland I mean obviously it was big in the 60s um, and then match of the day the advent of colour television match of the day BBC coming over to Ireland and people are like well why would I you know stand in a piss and rain in, in really shoddy um, facilities so you can't even get a burger or anything like that and you know I watch sort of local lads when I can watch world-class players like Bobby Charlton and George Best um, from the comfort of my own uh, sitting room. And, and of course, that was a massive thing for the League of Ireland to go against. But I think for years, it's just been a lack of investment. It's been a lack of innovation, really. Um, a lack of togetherness, I suppose, in a way of actually... And a lack of vision, you know, just the GAA and the IRFU have always had vision. The whole thing of turning Crow Park into this... Um, you know this technologically advanced stadium and the state-of-the-art stadium that vision went back to the 70s that was the jaa back in the 70s with those plans and the things he drew up the plans in the 80s and then eventually started work in the 90s there was always that plan that vision the fei has never had that and the clubs have never had that as well and the league most definitely has never ever had that it's always been an amateurish approach 
And I mean, they did try a few years ago. They had a league chairman. I mean, what what they, and then they had a league chairman, and then of course it was an issue with Paul Marney, wasn't there? I, who I actually, whose dad I used to know, um, he used to do a bit of betting in my local shop that he used to be a cashier in, and I didn't realise. I think it was Dean Marney, wasn't it? It was a, a pat, a pat, yeah, a Pat's player, and there were he wasn't registered, and it caused huge shit in the league. And then the league chairman had to step down because it was it was all sorts of controversy because people were saying, well, we're not gonna we're not gonna register our players properly because you haven't punished them properly. And you know, there just doesn't seem to be a case of right, lads, it's all for the greater good. Let's let's build the league together. It just seems to be, and I suppose that survival mentality, almost a scavenger mentality of you know we're we're going to take whatever scraps we can because all they're given is scraps at the end of the day because the FAI, I mean, the league money, the 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 prize money is piss poor. Um, I think the FAI tried to give five grand, which is absolutely laughable. Do you remember that a few years ago? <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there, there's your five grand, like, you know, good idea, you know, to, to, to sort of help close market. But, you know, piss poor ex- execution, which is always seems to be the way to League of Ireland. Yeah. Uh, you just, it's, well, it's you're very... always. Sorry. Sorry, I've been doing interrupt you, but you're, you, you, you made a really, really good point there about, oh, you know, we. Everyone's got England. Everyone's England. we were so good, and we have been so good at just passing the book on to someone else, yeah. and just saying, "Well, actually, we don't want to take responsibility for the development of young Irish players. We don't want to take responsibility of selling football to the Irish public. We'll just let the English do that. You know, yeah. they're good at it. We don't want to spend the money, whether we have the money or not. We don't want to spend money. You know, as the very, very, very old saying goes, you have to spend money to make money. Absolutely, we don't want to spend that money." No. That, that's it now whether you know yes there's been a few financial issues you may have heard them over the last few years um but whether or not we at some point have had money and said right well we can spend this smartly and say how do we how do we market this game because you know i know we're going to talk and talk a minute in in about why do irish fans support english clubs and and whatnot or why do Irish fans watch football elsewhere because the bottom line is it's really fucking sexy. Excuse my language, but it's really sexy. Yeah. Like everything, you watch a Premier League game, you stick on, um, I think, are Man United playing tonight? If you yeah. stick on the Man United game tonight, in the FA Cup, right, it's not even the Premier League. It's bright, it's attractive to the eyes, the kits are nice, the players look nice, the football looks nice, and it may actually have no substance. Like, you know, we could watch, watch um, Palace against Leeds last night, and, Leeds are an extremely good team to watch under Marcelo Bielsa. I mean, any team that plays under Marcelo Bielsa is a really good team. But Palace didn't really have that much about them. But they still looked great. It's the product. They're, they're they're players, they're, they're, yeah. Their players are a product, though. I mean, we, we, we always speak about this whole you know, culture of Instagram and players being a product and players being a brand as opposed to just being a footballer. You know, they're, they're a much broader item than they were in the past. You feel Jack Byrne maybe is the closest team we've got to that ever. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I'd agree. So, have we seen the League of Ireland, though, you know, kind of in in recent years? We we have had lads coming back from the Premier League, so maybe that's going to, you know, if they've picked up a bit of momentum as a brand in the UK and they're coming back, then then maybe it could trickle in. Who knows? Yeah, it could. And you see, in fairness, and I hate to bring back bows back into this as if I'm just here advocating bows, but I'm not. But this is what the Indians are doing. Yeah, you're... I don't, but, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you, it is, there is other clubs doing really good things. 
you know, I think Finn Harp's uh, Twitter presence uh, is really funny. I think they're really, really good. You know, they they take the, the the idea that they are these just you know rugged Highlanders playing in a football league really, really well. You only have to look uh, at Ollie Horgan, like. Yeah. <laughs> Just, he, yeah. he really is like he he's a reflection of that football club like when yeah. i think of <laughs> finn harps i think of ollie horgan looking a bit rough yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a bit rough and i think that's that like bozen i know people kind of say that it's kind of empty gestures and and uh, and virtue signaling but it's not it isn't like the, i really genuinely believe that the things that bows do yes some of it can be a bit cringy but it gets it's shrewd the, it's very shrewd <laughs> It's shrewd yeah, and it's it and it's and it's 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 all fan run. Like that's the funny thing about yeah. it. You know, like Bose is Bose is fan, fan run. And look and at what they're achieving from a marketing perspective. Exactly. The 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 number of season tickets being sold every year is going up yeah. and up and up. And they are really like, oh I you know, I know Fidsborough has this kind of reputation at the moment of being like the coolest place in the world, apparently. Um <laughs> and, and central. they're selling themselves. Yeah, they're selling themselves really well. And the other clubs who are maybe lagging behind in that need to do it. <laughs> like even when the whole thing with Bray Wanderers and North Korea and all that, and they were going to be the Manchester United of Ireland and stuff. Although it was a bit kind of ridiculous, it was like, I actually, the time was like, well, at least they're showing some ambitions. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it, if, it, sorry, David, go ahead. I was just going to say there with, with the league of Ireland, I think the first thing I would be doing is hiring a league sexer upper. Because yeah. if you watch it on telly, it looks <laughs> shit. Let's be honest. It looks dreadful. It does. You, you, you see, I mean, I used to live right next to Daddy Mount Park. That is the home of Irish football. That is actually our football national stadium. Many people might not realize that. And I used to honestly think, one of these days, I'm going to wake up with one of those fucking floodlights coming in through my fucking bedroom window. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it crazy how in 2021... We're still playing in kind of even with the GAA. This isn't just a this isn't just a football issue. If you look at the GAA stadiums, they look like Soviet style kind yeah. of nineteen seventy stadiums. If you look at the League of Ireland, look Tala. Um, I mean Tala is probably the most advanced, um, most contemporary stadium. If you look at Dalymount Park, yeah, and and Turner's Cross, two of the biggest stadiums in the league. And, um, you know, if you go over to England, I mean, I, I've been to non-league games of in, in England. I've been to Stevenageborough. I've been to Cambridge United just because I have family over there. And, I mean, their stadiums are much more contemporary. Yeah. And they were built way before. There's also, see, there's also this thing in England as well. Like, the English are hobbyists. They, they love their hobbies. They, they love, like, kind of getting together and building something. And you, you see that with the clubs when you start off and when you started off back in the day. Like, they kind of built these clubs up from nothing. Then, obviously, the money men took over and you, they went to a completely different galaxy. I don't know if we do that as much in Ireland or we do it as well, where people will go, you know, we do it for the... I mean, the GAA, I suppose, is, a, is an excellent example, but, I mean, all that's voluntary work. But... You know, do we really do that in Ireland? Do we really take the time out and go, do you know, what? we're going to build this up. We're going to put time and effort and, and have the patience to really, really build this thing up. The League of Ireland is one of them, as we're saying about the sex of Rupert, right? If you watch it on telly, it looks dreadful. And yeah, Delhi Mount Park's in the state. It should never be anywhere in. Even even the Tallis Stadium, it's most contemporary, but that's still looking, that's starting to look a bit rough. That needs a bit of an overhaul. Even this well. location, even this location, it's at the bottom of a mountain. Of a mountain. Yeah, it, I mean that even affects that even affects the style of play. Yeah, because and you have the open the open end as well. Yeah, which I know they're they're gonna look they're looking to fill in. But I mean, the prop when the Premier League started, people forget 
the Premier League before Scott, well, before the Premier League was the Premier League, I suppose, when it was the first division in the 80s. It was a shit show. Have a look back. You know, the stadiums looked like, like it looked like every game was played in Dalyman Park week in, week out. <laughs> and then if you see the first season of the Premier League because of Taylor Report, then, you, you know, they're all building sites the first two seasons. Yeah. They, they took a conscious decision. I think it was the big five took a conscious decision. They met with Greg Dyke in uh, Waterloo Studios, in Waterloo, the ITV Studios. And they said, look, we want to build, we want to break away from the Football League because we have this vision for football. We want names on the back of jerseys. That was a thing that they tried to get for years. We want this, we want that. Um, we're sick of having our TV money split amongst the, the rest of the league because back in the day, I think it was 50% went to the first division, 25% went to the second and third I'm sorry, 25% went to the second division and third and fourth got 25%. And that's how the money was split. And they said, now we want full ownership. We want to, we want to break this thing away from the rest of the league. And it became the Premier League. There was vision, there were risks, and there was massive, massive rewards that we're still seeing to this day. And it just kind of, you kind of just want somebody to take the mantle in Ireland and go, right, let's do this. Let, let's build it up. It might, it's going to take longer because the tradition isn't there as it is in England with Liverpool, Man United, etc. But let's let's just fucking build something and maybe are we, not try. Are we missing a are we missing a trick with with Irish culture? Because I think it was Roy O'Donovan, you know, the ex Cork City Sunderland plays for plays in Australia at the moment. He made a very uh, you know an interesting enough point that why don't we go down a franchise route like the MLS or like the A League? I know that there was the whole issue around relegation. If if you've no relegation and promotion in a yeah. league, you lose your European places. But there was this whole idea. He said, "Look, you've got you've got um, Google in Dublin, you've got um, Apple in Cork. It's like surely, you know, te- or, or kind of seeking investment like basketball back in the '80s in Ireland. Like that yeah. was basketball was huge in the '80s in Ireland. Like why don't we go down the franchise route? Because well, in Ireland, from a sporting perspective, it's all tribal. It's intercounty. It's um, it's parish. It's interprovincial." Like, why haven't we gone down that kind of route? Because if, if you think about it, and we'll lead on to this discussion in maybe a couple of minutes, like if you're from if you're from North County, Dublin, like myself, Ross and Breen, your local team is probably your local team, your Malahide United, your your Port Marnock, whatever. It's not Bows, it's not Shells, it's not it's not Pats. And a lot of people who support those clubs support them because they grew up in the area, the surrounding area. But if you increase that catchment. And if you say make it whatever, this is going to sound really fucking American. But if you make it whatever, the North Dublin Vikings, the South Dublin fucking Lady Boys, whatever, surely you're appealing <laughs> to a broader audience, and surely, and surely it's re- surely it's reflecting the tribal sporting culture that we have in Ireland with our provinces, with our intercounty teams, with our parish teams. Surely, that's I think great. that's I. I... I think you can take some elements of the idea of franchising um, and apply it absolutely, but I, I, you can't do that to Bows and Shells and Rovers and Dundalk. You can't yeah, turn around and there. say to, yeah, you can't. Like I don't even like the idea of moving in with with Shells. Oh, like terrible. I just, yeah, I, I'd agree. I just don't like the idea of it. I like, appreciate the Talker Park is literally a barn, but. Like, and then it, it, it yeah, makes but, yeah, but it, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but it's probably Ireland's only football pitch slash swimming pool, so that yeah, has to be very true. Um, but like that, that I don't really like the idea of. I think franchising needs to work. You see, there's in the in the youth in the 
underage national leagues, there is a couple of like, you know, Carl Kilkenny have a team, I think Kerry have a team, Johnny yeah, Gall really have a team. Yeah. yeah, like, you know, I like the, I think the idea of spreading into counties, like, you look at the west of Ireland, there's only Galway and Sligo. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, you could maybe argue Athlone kind of in there a little bit, but that's a massive catchment area that only has, and, and, and Finn Harp's an hour in the northwest, but like, there's so much more. And then you go down, you know, even Limerick don't have a team at the moment, really, you know, if Treaty United go into the first division, maybe, but there's a massive amount of people in Ireland who yeah. are. Kilkenny. I kill Kenny. It's, it, it's insane. What? But as I, I said, that, yeah, that, catchment, that catchment's being missed out on. And I mean, you look at the likes of Kerry, and look, Kerry's always going to be GA country. Kilkenny, too, you know, is going to be hurling country and so on. But if, if, you, if you widen that net, if you widen that net, and if you, don't, if you just say to yourself, well, I'm not from Fib- Look, you don't have to be from Hibsborough to, to support Bowes. You, you, you and I support Bowes, bringing we're not from Hibsborough. But if you pass that net a bit wider and you say, well, there's a football team or a soccer team, as they say in the south of Ireland, and um, not to sound like a condescending bastard, but if you have a t- if you have a team that covers the whole county or covers half the province, surely you can nail your mast to that, as opposed to just yeah. you know. And but as you said, that- you you said a couple of weeks, Breen, this this whole idea that. You could go to Daily Mountain. You could be from wherever, and if and if someone in the crowd sees you that they don't recognise, there's this whole mentality that oh, here before, why are you just turning up all of a sudden? Yeah, I oh, know. I appreciate that, and, and it can be intimidating. And we need to. We've spoken about like options of people come, you know, being welcomed into grounds and being not feeling like an outsider within Irish football, within going to, uh, within League of Ireland grounds. And yeah, you know, I, I just to, to agree again with your point was. There is, are some elements of franchising that I think could work, absolutely, but you have to be very, very careful because yeah. the resentment. The look, idea, look, at, look at Rebel Leipzig and yeah, even MK Dons. I know they're not a franchise, but, but yeah. anything new, anything that's a threat, you're going to piss off the the existing no, League of I Ireland. Clubs. To, I think within League of Ireland, you know, there is something new. There's a new club every few years. There has to be because of the way this, yeah. the sustainability isn't there, but. I think you have to be very careful of alienating older clubs and, and the fans of older clubs in another way by, you know, say turning around to, um, to say bows and shells and saying, or even draw it and Dundalk and saying, right, you're now loud United going, no, no, I hate them. No, no, no. You'll learn to love them. You know, you, you have, and then all of a sudden it's just, well, I'm not watching. I, no, I, I'm, I'm going away. I, 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 I do think, I mean, with all the American companies and conglomerates that we have in Dublin, I can't believe, although Noel Quinn obviously went away and, you know, he's coming up about simple things like tax breaks for clubs and all this kind of stuff. So clear basics actually have been thought of in the circles of the League of Ireland or those running the League of Ireland or involved in the running of the League of Ireland. Um, but I can't believe somebody hasn't gone to eBay or Facebook or something and done a bit of PSV Eindhoven, who were obviously franchised with Phillips. And I think VF... Fire Leverkusen as well. Yeah, and it was a Wolfsburg, which is Volkswagen. Yeah, most of German, most of German clubs. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're all basically pa- pa- the pastime uh, clubs for the for the workers, and I just can't believe somebody hasn't gone there and, and tried to say, look, let's get a club going, let's get a bit of money going into it. It just, I think, if I'm honest, lads, it's a it's a gaping wound, but I, I you can't really patch it up. It needs a reset button. It you need to 
to reset it. We need to get clubs up and running. We need money into it. I think they need. Personally, I'd love to see uh, an All Ireland, an All Ireland League. Quite frankly, because that would just make sense. Um, It's 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 very marketable. It's gone on gone on the back burner a bit in the last. Yeah. I think it was last summer. Or yeah, last summer I think they were, you know, the club sent that address to their association. So maybe there is something coming down the line. But yeah, I I totally agree. Um, yeah. it, it'd be an unbelievable. I I love the idea of going to Windsor Park. I mean, I've been to games up north, and you know, they're head the balls, but it's you know, it's entertaining. <laughs> Um, and if we have like yeah. a, a 20 team league or something like that as well it's, everyone's only playing each other twice it's so repetitive mm. and bows and rovers are playing each other four times in a season it takes the magic away from the game a little bit doesn't it I yeah. find yeah yeah, yeah. Like, well I'm playing these again in a month yeah exactly yeah it, it, just and it, 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 it aligns it aligns with the Premier League as well so if you're trying to appeal to people who exactly. have watched Premier League who have watched Bundesliga who have watched some of the you know the biggest leagues in the world if you have something that aligns to that 20 team league it's, it's already more appealing I think as well, they, they uh, I mean, by all means, it, it should happen. The IFA, I know, are a bit lukewarm too, but the clubs, thankfully, were like, no, you know, let's hear these guys out. This sounds good to us. And the IFA are trying to, ah, you know, but like we, we've had 0.001% growth in the last 50 years, lads. Like, you know, we've torn the corner. We don't yeah. need to trust these lads from the South. You know, it kind of, <laughs> it kind of stung a bit like that. Um, we We need something like that. We need... We need some. We need a revolution in terms of the way where the Premier League was, where they got the money in and said, "Right, lads," and the government need to get involved as well. And say, "Look, we need to improve the facilities. We need to have stadiums that look good." We, the Premier League has. Um, I'm not sure if you lads are aware of this. I only became aware of this a few years ago. But um, each Premier League club has a Premier League manager, and that person is assigned to that club to make sure. It, everything is sexy enough. Now, it's nothing really to do with Liverpool or Man United, although they did get in the case with the wheelchair accessibility. Jesus, look, look, look at Steve Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yes, they, they have to make sure that everything is up to the standards. They have a list of standards and you follow them uh, verbatim. Basically, this is it. This is what you go by. And if you don't meet those standards, you get fined or, or whatever. They have that sort of mentality they want everything to be the best and i aesthetic. think aesthetic yes marketable exactly and it looks great and you can watch it all over the world now that's that's part of it that's not not a charm there's no charm in the premier league the product is is just sexy as hell and it's all about sizzle very little stake because the match last night probably showed you well crystal palace um the league of ireland needs something like that and you need and it will take time where they need to go right we're showing this match on television we need a good we need a good camera angle that looks shit that stand there or that that you know, you, you see your man's, the, the local fella, the ice cream van in the background. That needs to be covered. It needs to look as appealing as possible. And you need to try and they need to really go after the expat um, community as well in America and yeah. over here as well. There's so GA Go. Like that, that, that was the whole basis yeah. of GA Go to appeal uh, to people in the States, to appeal to people in the UK. And that's that's why this whole mess seems all that more disappointing because that was such a success and the money that they made off that. Yeah, um, but 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 how do you feel? Unless you're a Pats fan or unless you're a Shells fan or a Sligo Rovers fan living in the states or living living in England, it makes it even more challenging. I I my personal well, I remember when this uh, pass launched, and of course I got it straight away. I mean, I'm not a massive League of Ireland fan. I'm not. I'm not going to try and bullshit you. Not although if I lived in Dublin, I would be going to the Pats games. Um, but 
I was very disappointed with the launch, with the pass. I was telling all my mates about it. Oh, you got to get on this. I put it up on, on Lansdowne Road and the whole lot. And I found it very peculiar. Like, with, with the coverage that we would have, uh, Lansdowne Road, uh, Era Guide, um, I think between us, we've got about 45,000 followers. That's a massive reach. And we have we followers, you know, I, I can only speak for Lansdowne Road. We've got followers in, in America, Canada, Australia, you name it. And I'm thinking, why the fuck didn't, League of Ireland even approach us or approach Aeroguide or whatever and say look here's an ad can you put this out for us or here's a little media package can you put these things out for us or just have a chat with us and we'll try and, and, and promote it to, to, to followers there's no plan there's no plan there is none you know there is absolutely no plan for this you know use it I would happily you know I don't want any money for it just yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it's any uh, prospective advertisers, but <laughs> for the League of Ireland, <laughs> for the League of Ireland, you know, give, give, give me a video that I can use, that I can, you know, give me some stuff to do and I'll put it on there like, you know, no problem. One ad I think they should do, and this is one of my, I don't know if it's been done before, but I think they should put together an ad. Uh, with all the great moments of Irish football, Ronnie Whelan's um, scissors kick against the Shinner against uh, Russia in '88, James McLean's goals against Austria, against Wales, uh, Seamus Coleman, this kind of stuff. These guys that played in the League of Ireland um, and just have something where you just see the ball going to Sh- um, James McLean, you know, the goal against Wales, see the ball coming across and he's about to hit it and he disappears and the ball just sort of goes like, you know, past. And, you know, we don't score the goal and just have something like without the League of Ireland, we wouldn't have these great moments because these That's guys. Are Jeez, you grip, I'm gripped. I'm gripped already. Like. <laughs> it's just I remember that day I was actually I had my missus driven fucking mental because I was coming up with these with this idea. I was like, That's a great idea. I'd, I'd love to. Is there somebody I could speak to, to to sort of look? Here's an idea, lads. Here's a video for you. You know, it, it's easily done. TG Carr did it, didn't they, with the total Scalacci? A shot where he missed it against yeah. Bonner, you know, like they, they, it can be, it can be easily done, and that would drive home to the people maybe sitting on the fence aren't too sure, and you remind them that you need whatever club you support or don't support, whatever we need a League of Ireland and we need a successful League of Ireland, especially with Brexit happening at the moment. We need it even more so. We're, we've been caught with our pants down there, which is surprising because this was on the cards for years, and yeah, it just gets that importance across. That's that's what I. If I was a marketing person in League of Ireland, that's what I'd be focusing on to get people on board. Yeah, it's. Um, I think marketing was was wasted on you, David. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I, I I think you bring thousands of fans into the crowd or into the crowds. <laughs> interesting, one, Ross. Actually, you, uh, you remember? Uh, did you see? Okay. Sorry, you go on there. I was, was going to say. Oh, I go. Yeah. Um, I was just going to say, Nick, yeah. on what you were talking about there, um, an interesting one is Sport and Fingal, um, yeah. kind of an example of what you were talking about. And, and they had some varying degrees of success, I suppose. Like They got into the Europa League. Yeah. And we are actually talking about them last night. Should have sure. won. Should have uh, won that yeah. match. It was actually yeah, at that game yeah. in, uh, in Sandry, yeah. And uh, I think they had like 30, 40 fans go over to Portugal for their game yeah. and stuff. And the trick with them was they went into schools and they went to summer camps and all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, promoting it and everything. And everyone got a jersey and everything. Like there was... Um, a lot of marketing and stuff gone into that and it had had some success like i think they won the fbi cup they were in the top flight i think yeah, it was, they, got, um, they got promoted in their first season i think could be yeah, wrong on that yeah, i think, I think they, they, beat had the final, yeah. they had a fantastic team sean williams and stuff were all playing fantastic Zaid, so like, yeah yeah conan burn and everything yeah and um, so yeah it's, it's one of them like where i think it was the property crash that 
sacked him over, I think. Yeah, it was um, Jerry Gannon, wasn't it? Jerry Gannon, yeah, yeah. So I think yeah, it wasn't... Were... It wasn't re... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, they were owned by... Uh, they were owned by Gannon and they were yeah. part of a thing called Candy Council, I think. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like they were targeting that area um, and getting fat, like young, even young fans going into the schools and stuff to, to tag along and stuff. So yeah, that was a good example of what you're kind of talking about and it had some success. So um, yeah, I think I think that obviously that it fell apart in the end but it is a good example of how it can work it's it, it's a great example because as i mentioned already fingal you've, you've no club yeah you know exactly. you, yeah. You, i mean shells shells and bows are a stone throw away from each other and um, you know west dublin you've got you've got pats and you've got rovers so like already you know hooking in an area that doesn't have any club um it's not going to piss off people in the area because they, they don't like, look, as, as I said, you, you could be from Fingal and you could support Bows, but it's not exa- exactly standing on people's feet. And that's why, exactly, yeah. why can't the likes of Kilkenny be targeted? Why can't the likes of Tralee or places in Kerry or, um, or parts of the Midlands, even Kildare, like Kildare haven't had a club for years since Kildare County were in the league. So, so why can't it be marketed to cast the net that little bit further? No, but like, Talking about marketing and, and, and stuff for the league, and it, Ross, you run on this, sir. I think you've seen this on Twitter over the summer. Your man created the 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 intro to put in front of League of Ireland games because there's no like you know you watch Champions League and you know exactly you know you, you hear the Champions League tune, team tune come on and you're like oh Champions League is on I suppose with, yeah with Premier yeah. League you've got the match today and they do have their own branding as well like all of the leagues have their own branding and have their own kind of like oh you know this sound plays and you're like, oh, League of Ireland is on or Champions League is on. And your yeah. man only created a video that he could put in front of it because we don't have that. Like the FA or the RTE coverage of not just League of Ireland, but Ireland matches in general. They just have this like generic kind of few clips play over. When we did the bar stoolers, um, one of Nick's mates created a, 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 a opening sequence for us. In like graphic, yeah. Better. Yeah, that was better than anything RTE had done in years. And it's just, it's so frustrating that there's so much potential in this country and in this league, and we just can't get it out there. Yeah, it's been handed over to amateurs. I think that's that's part of the problem. And it's still that hangover from those John Delaney comments. It's it's the problem child of Irish football. Yeah. True. True. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that we're having another discussion like this regarding League of Ireland, and an important one to have nonetheless. So on that note, we're going to leave it there for tonight. If you're a League of Ireland fan and you're listening, have you any suggestions to how the league could be enhanced or how is this streaming service or how is this lack of streaming service going to affect you and watching your club this season? So keep the suggestions coming because it's important for us that we capture the mood of the fans. So before we go, I just want to thank Ross again for joining us. So subscribe to LOI TV on YouTube. Ross and the lads are doing some fantastic work there. Really, really good YouTube channel. All things League of Ireland and Irish football. And as we mentioned at the very start of the show, we'd like to dedicate this episode of The Green Machine to Liam Miller and his family.